Welcome to the Podcaster's Cut. I am Joey. And I'm George. And today, we're going to talk about some movies. Woo-woo! Here we go. All right, guys. So... Today, we're going to talk about some interesting movies. And if you uh, noticed, yeah. we did not have a podcast last week. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Yeah, that was my bad. I <laughs> had to move some stuff around. Unfortunately, I couldn't get out of it, yeah. and all these things went crazy. But we are back to talk yeah. about the three Netflix movies we were supposed to talk about last week. Yeah, we're going to do a little highlight on Netflix. I feel like most people have Netflix, right? I think that's probably the most common one. And I yeah. and like... It's like the granddaddy of streaming services. Yeah, but you know what? I'll, I'll, I, I saw a meme today. Oh, I got you? a lot of movie memes for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I got this meme where it says like, oh, the best way to figure out if, you ha- if, there's, a net- if, if there's a movie that you want to watch on Netflix. Okay. Answer, ask yourself, is the movie, is, do you really want to watch this movie? And then if the answer is yes, it's not. The answer is no, it's not on Netflix. <laughs> that's actually a really good point though like for being such a like old streaming service it has nothing yeah it's i think it's leaning towards more like being like a like originals only kind of thing like, right it feels like it's trying to be its own studio a lot of the, the time yeah like when it comes to tv shows and when it comes to movies like they're at the very least their movies and tv shows are pretty damn good yeah like uh, yeah i mean uh, i'll give it to them like they have a lot of cool, cool stuff i mean the three we watched today are very unique in the sense they all were produced and made by netflix mm-hmm. and i enjoyed them for the most part and which we'll get into yeah. deeper talks about it but did you watch any trailers this week joy i did i watched the kong versus godzilla one okay i did too and here's my question <laughs> what freaking universe does this movie existed i don't care <laughs> I, I, I think it looks funny dude like i i okay so did i ever tell you that i went when i went to go see the godzilla like the one with brian cranston and the original one we watched it together no we didn't i know we didn't not the original one no not, not the not the one when we were kids but the yeah. one with brian cranston we watched it together yeah, no we didn't i remember dude, i remember we made no, fun of it no because we went i went to the midnight premiere with angelo and I know for a fact it was with him because we talked about it right after. And we what? still talk about it. Yeah, it was funny because, like, the one we went to go watch was probably the one with uh, the girl from Stranger Things. What's her name? No, I never watched that one, the Millie Bobby Brown one. No? Okay, no? well, I watched that one by myself then. But I know I watched the other one with Angela. Anyways. Right. <laughs> bringing it back around. People were, like, who went to the midnight screening of Godzilla uh-huh. were, like, all up in arms for it. They're like, woo, 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 yeah, yeah man. I remember uh, when the first one came out, I was stoked because <laughs> like the last Godzilla movie was not the greatest, but I love Godzilla movies. You didn't like the one with from the night or 2000 something? The like, early 2000s? Yeah, with Matthew Broderick and no, shit? No. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of okay. And then they brought in baby Godzillas and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, going on? yeah. <laughs> I like, forgot about the that. eggs everywhere. Yeah. Like, I don't Godzillas know. are us and stuff. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should do that. We should go back. Like when Godzilla versus Kong comes yeah. out, we should watch all the Godzilla King Kong movies. Oh, man. Don't sign me up for that. Okay. I, I, you know what? I'll watch the newer ones. I'll yeah. watch the... Billy Bobby Brown one mm-hmm. and the right. Brian Cranston one. And then the King, or was it King Kong now, Skull? That was what I was going to ask. Island one? Kong Skull Island, or mm-hmm. would you go watch the Peter Jackson one? No, I would want to watch the Skull Island one because I've never seen it. No? No. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, right? This movie feels like it exists in 
I thought at first, I was like, oh, this must be like a movie that takes place in the universe of Skull Island. Mm-hmm. And then I'm watching it, and then they, Millie Bobby Brown comes out, and I'm yeah. like, wait, so what the hell happened in the last one? Because yeah. like, the world was fucked in the last one. Yeah. There was just like freaking Mothra, uh, all these other crazy, the Hydra was there. And I yeah, was yeah. Like, what is going on? How is the world back to normal? And now King Kong's going to take on Godzilla? I don't understand what's going on. Have you watched both of them? No, I haven't watched Kong Skull Island. I, I did, did watch. I watched all the Godzilla ones. Yeah, and not because like I'm a big Godzilla fan, but just because they were on. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I so I subscribed to the AMC thing where like you watch a movie for a month. And, oh. And the, but the first oh, one, yeah, yeah, the yeah. first one I watched with Angelo at midnight screening, mm-hmm. we were like, I forgot why we were just like, you want to go watch? Like, let's what's on right now? And it was right. like super late at night. Yeah, the typical stuff that we used to do all the time. Yeah, then he's <laughs> like, oh, you want to go watch King Kong? I'm Remember like, when we want to go watch sure. Star Trek Into uh, Darkness? Yeah, we got back so from lame. what Star Trek Into Darkness was dope. Star Trek Into Darkness? Yeah. The no, one that with... night was lame because like, I was so tired. I'm like, oh. I don't know if I want to watch this movie, guys. And you're like, come on, Jerry. We just got back from Six Flags and yeah. we're like, hey, there's a showing. Let's go. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's go. But it was, I I, I like the first, the one Godzilla came back, the new one. Mm-hmm. It, it felt kind of cool, but it, I didn't like the story of this kid like traveling across the world to get there and to fight. Like, I just, I just love the line of let them fight. Yeah, because like the dude just really wants to see people, these motherfuckers fight and shit. It's fucking yeah, hilarious. I mean that that's the whole point of the those movies, right? Especially the last Godzilla. That's what the whole point of that one. It's was. just seeing freaking kaiju's fight each other, mm-hmm. and that's what's so dope. And the, I think the movie looks good. Like I was watching when I watched the trailer. I I watched it during the football game, and then mm-hmm. I watched the full one. And I was like, damn, like they spent a lot of time working on these freaking like. Like on the CG, mm-hmm. like there's a section where they, like they show Godzilla from below and you see his neck, and I was like, oh wow, that's pretty damn dope looking. Like it looks legit; it doesn't look fakeish. Yeah, I like, thought it was cool. Yeah, it looks like it. They the people who are making these movies are like r- big fans of Godzilla, so I'm like, oh, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? What about you? You see anything cool? Um, no, that was the one trailer I pretty much watched. I think the freaking trailer for um, damn, News of the World keeps coming up. Yeah. And I'm like, why is it coming up everywhere? And I'm like, damn, I might have to watch this movie now. I do have some movie news. Oh, I had a few things to talk about too, but you go for it. (laughs) The only movie news that everyone probably already knows now is that they moved the Oscars to April. I forgot. Someone showed it to me a long time ago. Uh And they moved the Oscars to April. So that's why we haven't been seeing like these Oscar like type movies yeah we were talking about it because we want to do an oscars podcast and, yeah and i was like what the heck how is it possible that like we're n- when you told me it was april i was like damn that's disappointing because usually it's like we get the super bowl and then like two weeks later we get the super bowl of movies yeah and now it's like two months later yeah no. i'm like i guess everything just got pushed back and everything and so that kind of sucks so is that is, was that it for your movie news yeah Oh, okay. <laughs> um, there was a few things. Uh, I didn't get to read the article. Um, I just took a picture of it. Uh-huh. Supposedly, like, Chris Evans is in talks to come back to reprise his role as Captain America. Oh, yeah, I did read that. I was like, what the heck? Like, I thought he was, like, done. But I, I also heard that Disney was only coming out with, like, shows for a while. That's that's what I was thinking. Like the movies that they have are just the movies they have. So did and then they say Spider-Man. he was gonna come back in a movie or he was reprising the role? He said they said reprising the role. So I'm assuming it might be for like nah, Loki not. or something like yeah, probably Loki or the Captain America one. 
Yeah. Oh, the Winter Soldier one. Mm-hmm. The what is it called? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that one's coming out in what March? I think it's March or April. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'm also kind of bummed about that that they're only focusing on TV shows for now. Hmm. Because like, there's gonna be no movies. But I guess it's because like the old can't. Show I mean, Black Widow's supposed to come out. When? Um, I think they said May. Mm-hmm. I think they said I think they moved it to May. And then um, what's that other one? I can never think of it. The Eternals, I think, is supposed to come out this oh, year too. Oh yeah. Um, and Doctor Strange. No, not Doctor Strange. Is Doctor Strange? Yeah, maybe Doctor Strange is the one that's supposed to come out next year. So is Spider Man. Mm. But I don't know. So far, the shows have been good. I mean, WandaVision has been show. dope. Yeah, WandaVision has been dope. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched this past week's episode because I've been busy, but mm. the first two were dope as hell. Um, there is, in other show news, did you hear that HBO Max is like pulling out all the stops? They mm. um, announced they're going to make a new series with about Julia Child, which is ironic because we just did the movies about Wow. Like, yeah, they're doing a movie. You Unfortunately... Think- they no have. Meryl Streep and no Tucci. No? No, they're not coming That's back. That's like the best part of the movie. I know. Like, I'm really disappointed because I'm like, what the heck? And it's two randos that I don't know about. It's Sarah <laughs> Leckeshire okay. and David Hyde Pierce. Oh, I know who David Hyde Pierce is. Yeah, he does look familiar from he, the picture he, I have. He's, uh, he came out in uh, Frasier. Oh, did he? Yeah. He's, oh, he, he did. Yeah, he was the, he yeah. Was the uh, not Frasier, the other one. Yeah. Oh God. I don't know. I my my brothers will kill me. This dude. I yeah. I know who that dude. I was is. like, maybe it'll bring you back memories. I don't know. <sighs> no. What you couldn't see was me showing my phone to Joey. Yeah. No. Man, I am like really racking my brain about this. Oh well, go go. But yeah, like I thought that would be, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Did you hear the other HBO Max news? There's a bunch of it, but like, did you hear that? Space Jam? Space Jam? Yeah, yeah, I did no, hear that. obviously. <laughs> I can't wait that we do that Space Jam podcast. Uh, I'm going to be so excited. Um, no, they're in talks uh-huh. to make a Harry Potter show. Oh, I did hear about this. I'm like, I'm like crossing my fingers that it's a Marauder show because that would be so cool to see. Yeah. Like just see a young uh, group of kids who are just a bunch of pranksters and like mm. causing mayhem all through Hogwarts. I think that would be dope. No, you know what? I don't want that. No? Because knowing, like, studios and stuff like that, they'll probably ruin it. Mm. And they'll probably, like, everything you'd want to see, like, the cool parts that you hear about. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're pranksters or they, they were actually really smart and right. know a lot of magic. They'll show none of that. They'll show, like, something cram- completely different. Yeah, and, and you're I- like, what the, What are you guys going to do? And they'll show you, like, a little <laughs> bit at the end of the episode. And you're like, oh, that was cool. I'm like, but I kind of wish the whole episode was like that. Well, like, the, the only crappy part about that would be that like they don't have a big bad because like who were they fighting at that time like i don't even think like was like voldemort wasn't at the height of his power at that time i mean he was kind of just chilling i think he was making his horcruxes so there's not much going on in that time period what's the wolf guy fenrir fenrir yeah i mean he wasn't i mean okay wolves yeah. I, mean, I guess, but I mean, I guess you could do that. I mean, the whole idea, but wasn't Remus like already a wolf before he even got to school? Yeah, so what? My, what if they're trying to enlist him or something? I guess. I don't know. I just, I like, as much as I want a Marauder show, I don't know if it's the right way to go. I think just doing something completely new would be fun if yeah, they do cool. it. And then, did you see the stills that, got rele- that they released for uh, Mortal Kombat? No. No? They look good. You know, can I tell you something? Yeah, what's up? I'm not a big fan of Mortal Kombat. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, nor should anyone really be. <laughs> I mean, the games are cool. Mm, uh, the movies are terrible. Uh, but they're fun terrible. Uh, I love Annihilation. The second movie is fucking... It's so goddamn you know, I've funny. I've never watched any of the movies. 
Oh, there's only two of them. Oh, okay. Then uh, I haven't watched those two movies. <laughs> yeah, the first one is pretty bad. Um, okay. The second one is funny good. Mm. So like, it's it's worth a watch, I think. Especially if you kind of are into the video games, it's kind of fun. Okay. Um, not like a tried and true kind of thing. This new one, though, like the images and the video they've shown of it, because they haven't released a full like trailer, just like mini little teasers. Yeah. They look cool. Like when Sub-Zero's doing his ice um, knife, yeah. it looks really good. Can you... Think of a video game movie that was actually like really good. Like like you're like, wow, now that's a, like a really good movie. Yeah. Not that it made you laugh or that you, oh, I liked it. That was it. lame or whatever. Not, no, not lame. Yeah, no, no, like, that was good. But like I'm saying, wasn't lame. Yeah. Um. Yes, I can think of one. And that was also well received. Oh, um, I think you're asking for a tall order there, man. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I think the one that I can think of is the first Resident Evil. I really enjoy the first Resident mm. Evil. It was, it wasn't like a it shot a for shot remake first? of the movie. Eh? It was a video game first. Yeah, dude, Resident Evil's I been coming out since the nineties. I thought, I honestly thought that the movie came first and then they made a video game afterwards. Nah, dude, nah, <laughs> the video games have been out for a long time. Oh shit. Um, I think the first one was good. I really enjoyed it. Okay. It wasn't like a tried and true like stick by the book for the game, like from the game. Yeah. Um, they kind of did their own thing, which I think worked well. Because it was still in that same universe. It still used the lore and everything. Yeah. It followed some of the main characters. Yeah. And it was done really freaking well. Then it slowly started getting more and more and more, and it got worse and worse and worse. Yeah, and then I feel like no other game has ever been able to come out with a movie that was just as good. That I can think of? That's good. No. That's why I'm hoping that Last of Us TV show is good, and I'm hoping that uh, the Uncharted movies are good. I thought, I honestly had some pretty high hopes for Sonic. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I mean, granted, Jim Carrey's in it, so you can't really take my opinion as valid. I can't. <laughs> but Jim Carrey was good in the movie. That's what I heard, too. I heard Jim Yo, Carrey. Oh, you haven't watched it? I saw him. Nah. Watched it. Okay. Well, when it comes out on TV for free, you should watch it. I know. That's what I'm going to do. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, for the most part, Jim Carrey was, like, he nails the role of really? Dr. Robachnik. Yeah. He's, mm. he's funny. He doesn't come out a lot, so it do- he doesn't get overused. Okay. Like, it was really well done, honestly um overall not too bad like ben schwartz's sonic was hilarious ben schwartz is just god damn that dude is funny but yeah so i think that's all i had for movie news essentially well now that we've done that let's (laughs) talk about these so just so you guys know uh you guys can probably already tell by the title uh these are all just netflix movies these are exclusively on netflix and the reason we did this is because uh we want to just we'll do these features where we'll like feature like a um like a streaming service or like an actor or a director i personally feel like this is like a good shout out for netflix because i feel like once when you guys hear this like maybe you guys would be like yeah maybe i'll watch it but or maybe you'll be like good thing i didn't watch it right (laughs) personally i'm gonna be up front right off the bat i enjoyed i enjoyed all these movies i think two were great hmm I don't know if I can say the same. I don't know. Okay. Let's start with uh, The Midnight Sky. Because I think that one, uh, that's my least favorite movie. Of the oh, three. what? Yeah. That was my favorite one. To- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you should have kept going. And then at the end, once we're done, you're like, I'm just messing around the movie. No, uh, The Midnight Sky. Oh, my God, dude. It was directed by George Clooney. Which, shout out to George Clooney for directing something. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> it wasn't really hard, though. Because there was like 10 people on the movie. So, not really hard to direct. It's- 
I mean, I feel like he. It was hard to direct because it was. It, it's a movie that takes place in two different point parts of the the universe. The, the, the universe. Yeah, it's <laughs> two different settings, pretty yeah. much. And you're trying to tell the story in one setting, and one guy trying to talk to those people up in the sky right and then those people up in the sky are having their own problems right. and it reminded me a lot of the martian yep exactly. honestly it just reminds you a lot of the martian just watch the martian instead though yeah you might like the martian instead uh they never really clearly say there's like a freaking disease or something something that's destroying the world it's essentially global warming i think or go- the climate change is what the big yeah. deal is i think Something happened and it screwed up the entire planet. And now there's like crazy super storms destroying everything and oxygen is being yeah. taken away from the atmosphere. By the way, I'm not going to say anything about the ending right now. If you really if you really want to watch it, I suggest watching it. It's there, not a there's bad a, movie. There's a good, there's an ending that may salvage it for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, okay, we'll, we'll, we won't touch it. I won't touch it because I've already been told that I already, like, <laughs> I have a big mouth and I, like, give up a lot of stuff. Like, but those are older movies. These are new movies. We yeah, shouldn't yeah. touch the endings of these movies. We had already decided. Yeah. And but then, I agree with you. And this is his first role since 2016. Right. That's what, that, so did Money you just Monster. look it up? Because yeah. I was just like, what was the last one? Money Monster. Damn, I didn't even I was watch trying, that movie. I, I looked at him up and I, and I saw his movies. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Money Monster, that's the last one. Guy, man, he's been just, I guess, being a philanthropist. I don't know what he's been up to, but this movie I think was really good with with over overall the emotion. I thought about it throughout the entire time. Was like Joey's gonna talk about the emotion in this movie. Me? Yeah, I thought the emotion was well done. Like George Clooney is a fantastic actor, <laughs> and like I believe what he's going through to an extent. Okay. Um, but at some people, point, what about just, the people on the ch- ship? Oh no, nah, man. <laughs> Dude, dry. Felicity uh, Jones, dry acting. Dude, dry <laughs> acting. I, I would say Felicity Jones is probably like the most um, real character that you'll get out of the people on the. Yes. Kyle Chandler, dry. I was like, he's phoning it in. They and were all same, just like playing. What's the guy? The what's his name that played Martin Luther King and Selma? Oh, I can never think of his name. It's Adoye? Adoye? Something like that. I always forget his name. But yeah, like the people on the... There, nobody was... They weren't... David Oyelowo. Oyelowo. Cool. Yeah, so anyways... Oh my God. He didn't... I feel like he, out of all of them, mm-hmm. did the worst. Like, I, I, of like... Of making me believe, like, this guy really thinks he's trapped or he, he's got some... Right. Know, he's really feeling this. Like, <laughs> I'm not <nope>. feeling it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, dude. Oh, my God. I just felt like, what are you doing, man? Is, are you just literally reading the line? Is there a guy with flashcards in the <laughs> okay. background? At some point, I was looking at their <laughs> eyes and it looked like someone was going like this. Right? Yeah. Uh, dude, I was like, come <laughs> on, dude. Are you literally just, like like, reading this? And then, like... I think the second best person might have been the black chick that comes in the movie. I, I've, I'm calling her black oh, chick because I don't know her name. Damn it. I, I know who you're talking about. Like, she really she's did the, a good job. I she's the only the unknown uh, actress, actress, I would say. In the, the I'll watch movie her be like a really famous person. <laughs> I know, right? That'd be hilarious. But I don't think she is because I don't think I've seen her in anything. Not saying that I watch everything that ever comes uh, out. Tiffany Boone. Oh, okay. I was yeah, about no. to just jump on right now. So, 
yeah, she probably didn't phone it in and probably try did try her best, like with what she was given. There's like there's this point where like they interact with holograms and stuff like that, and oh, yeah. it's their memories. It was cool. And I think out of everybody, she did the best part of kind of just she was literally just sitting there and enjoying the the moment. While mm-hmm. all the other people were like looking around, like, oh wow. Yeah, like, like I'm like Come on, dude. Even Kyle Chandler has a scene where he's eating a bowl of cereal. And he's literally and responding. He's re- Yeah, he's responding to I was it. like, come on, how cheesy are you being right now, yeah, man? Yeah, he's like, oh, it just takes me back. Like, it's- One of my favorite things about the movie <laughs> yeah. was the ship. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, because like, you're talking about the like the like the hologram stuff. Yeah. Like, that was dope. Like the danger room <laughs> of X-Men on there. Like That was cool. I thought that was really well done. And the fact that like... When someone's standing outside of it, it's blurry and off-centered because the person inside sees everything perfectly. I was like, smart. You're really thinking this through, but the writing is not there. The ideas were good. The dialogue was terrible. The story was good. I I will even say the direction was really well. Yeah, I thought he did well. well. Like, he, he... I'm assuming he was in the editing room, too. He's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, intricate with this. Like, there's a part where, like... um. He's in a room where it's sinking and like mm-hmm. there's water flooding the room and yes. he has to escape. Yeah. That George Clooney does. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, uh the they're trying to fix like a communication satellite on the outside of it. Yes. And a storm, a space storm comes in and right. and it's the black girl uh, uh Booney, mm-hmm. uh Tiffany Booney, did I say? Tiffany T- Tiffany Boone, I think her oh, name Tiffany is. Oh, Tiffany Boone. I said Booney. Yeah, I mean you said it you pronounced every letter in there. So. <laughs> Tiffany Boone, uh, Boone's character, she's out on the to- uh, on the outside, and she gets hit right, and right. then they're like, "Oh, they're trying to save her or whatever." And that's and it's being intercut along with his scene mm-hmm. being sunk in, and she's literally like being like flooded with blood. I mean, you thing. shouldn't be saying none of this, man, because this is kind of spoilerish territory. Well, I'm not. <sighs> It's not like it was going to be like a twist or anything. <laughs> but like... I mean, the moment that they have to go out and fix something, I'm like, someone's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. You expect that. Yeah. Someone's going to get injured or someone's going to get stuck. Yeah. Like, uh, I immediately s- thought it was going to... Someone was going to die because I was like, they set it up so much. Like, oh, dude. Having fun and everything. I'm like, oh, someone's going to die. Tiffany Boone's character. It's my first time going out into <laughs> space. I'm like, oh... Bitch, you gonna die like, again? Come on now, like, not creative I, on the dialogue. No, Felicity Jones is pregnant in this movie, and she goes outside. <laughs> and I, I even think like she's safer than you, right? That baby is safer, <laughs> safer than, than you, than you right now. Like, Who the hell thing? in the right mind lets a freaking pregnant woman go out into space? <laughs> like for real, the, dude. The David Oyelowo, 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 who's like character whose name is. Oh my god, it's just as hard. Adewole. Like, dude, he's an idiot of a captain. <laughs> like, you should not be doing this, my yeah. friend. No. And, and it's his wife or his girlfriend or something. He's like, I don't know, his baby mama. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the best word. And um, but yeah, I mean, I that scene really saved it for me. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this was pretty well done. Like I, I was that's where it caught my attention. Yeah. And other than that, I was like, hmm. The ship was cool because like there's moments where you see you, the production design, I think, is smart, mm-hmm. right? They they really went in and detailed on how a spaceship that travels three years, like a year and a half and a year and a half back, like mm-hmm. how would it survive in in space? They thought it through. Yeah, like the webbing throughout the um, the ship was mm-hmm. smart because you see it come into play later down the road. Yeah, as to why it works. Yeah, and it makes sense. And I'm telling you, like the 
the idea, the story was there. The writing is just bad. Mm. Like, I I didn't get a chance to look up who wrote it. But like, your dialogue it's based means on a work. book. It's oh, that's right. It was based on a book. The writing is just not like the dialogue is not there. Yeah. I, I mean, I bet you the book. This is one of those instances once again where the book is probably better. Yeah. Or maybe they really couldn't find a director for it, and uh, maybe Clooney George, was like. No, maybe George Clooney was like, hey, I really want to get this, um, I want to get this movie done, or I want to, I want to, I want to start a movie, and they're like, you got, got to give us one, and we'll give you one. Oh, this and, is one of those. And this is the one where he's like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll do it. He's like, you got to direct it. And then he's like, oh, the fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh, this, this, so uh, I just looked this up. I, right now when you mentioned the writer, uh-huh. his name's Mark L. Smith. Mm-hmm. And he wrote the screenplay for The Revenant. Oh, what? Yeah. Overlord. And oh, okay. And before that, he did like more, like a couple of unknown movies, like Vacancy, Vacancy 2, the whole... But did he do the murders. whole script of Revenant or no? The whole script? He did the screenplay, so I'm not 100% sure. Mm, I don't know. That Let's one see. might be weird because... Was- no, it was... Him and two others, Alejandro G. Inurato. Yeah, I was going to say. I feel like that's more Inurato. And Michael, and Michael Punk is the one that did, or Punke is the one that, it's the book that's based on. Mm. So, it's just, like so it's just them two. Smarter. I think Inurato probably took that one in. Not smarter. That was a bad word. Inurato <laughs> probably was more hands-on when it came to the script. There's not much script to do, man. I'm I mean, not going to lie. Like <laughs> It's mainly quiet. It's true. And, um... So this is the part that you're not gonna like. Mm. That he's in not in talks. He is slated to help write the untitled Quentin Quentin Tarantino Star Trek project. I'm fine. I don't care. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't hurt me at all. I mean, once again, when we talk about big time directors like Ruto and Quentin Tarantino, yeah. like how much is that secondary person really doing other than checking grammar? Hmm. I guess you're right. Maybe or maybe like for. Putting, adding some like a little extra dialogue or, or not like, even maybe just like story help like, for all we know this guy probably did i mean it's pretty much just him and the guy who wrote the book so who knows maybe he didn't even do much writing at all maybe it was just him i mean maybe the book is just bad and he yeah. had nothing to work with maybe i i think this movie overall does like really it does a good job it falls into that trope that i think has been happening recently uh which i think I want to say comes from uh, McCarthy's On the Road, where like it's a parent and a child trying to make it cross country, and like, mm. and I think it became really popularized with The Last of Us and Last of Us being so well received that like as soon as that game came out, it was everywhere. Like everywhere was like harsh environments, of father figure or mother figure taking their kid across country, yeah. and now everyone does this thing. Yeah, and I'm just kind of like you're doing the same trope, but you're not doing it as well as these other people, and that's my problem with the movie. Like yeah. it, it's like what's that one movie, The Road? One? Yeah, The Road. That's the McCarthy one. That's what I'm talking what, about. Oh, okay. He wrote the book, and then the movie got turned, and they turned into a movie. Which the movie is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So is the book. It's short. It's only novellas. So it's like 150 yeah. pages. Sad ass movie, but like it did it so well, and you're not innovating it. Like at least in the Last of Us, they changed the setting. And they added some story details that weren't present in the road. Yeah. And this is kind of just like, okay, you change the setting, but it's there's not much going on. And yeah. like, like you mentioned, the ending, which is is probably the saving grace of the movie. Yeah. But uh, I wasn't too impressed overall. 
I'll tell you, I enjoyed watching the movie. Yeah. And you know why I enjoyed watching the movie? Because this past week, I got lucky, and I bought a gigantic 65-inch <laughs> TV, and I bought a whole new Dolby Atmos sound system. Jeez. So when I'm watching movies, it now sounds like I'm in a movie theater, and I almost shed tears yeah. feeling how great it was. Dude, like, the, the space scenes were so good. Like, they were just dead quiet. Yeah. And, like, there's a scene in the movie where, uh, spoilers, freaking George Clooney shoots a gun. Oh, wow. Uh, right? Remember that part? Yeah. It was dead Loud. quiet. And then just, bam, I jumped. And I was like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> and I look at Danielle, and I look at Eva, and neither one of them cared. Yeah. And I was just like, did you guys not get scared? And they're yeah. like, yeah. Which is not a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I, I, the movie was, like, this movie was perfect to watch in this. Because yeah. of, like, how the sound system was working. And that, it just made me feel so good about watching it. Like, it made me go, like, it brought the idea of, like, Christopher Nolan being like, these movies are meant to be watched on TV, like, and on movie theaters. I'm like, yeah, come to my house. <laughs> and I, like, I have a cheap setup. Imagine what a good setup sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, it was just dope watching this movie because it, it, it actually, shout out to Netflix. Like, we're talking about this is a Netflix thing and how Netflix is the grandfather of streaming stuff. Like, yeah. they have Dolby Vision. They have Dolby Atmos. They have surround sound. And, like, the difference between all of them, like, you can go in and check it out. Like, this movie was done in Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos, so the quality of the of the video was spectacular, mm-hmm. and the Dolby Atmos shoots speakers into the ceiling and hits you back down. Yeah, so it gives that feel of like grandiose um, sound and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this movie like nailed it perfectly. Like, if it were to get nominated, because we're in that Oscar season and it's possible that it might, maybe sound mixing, sound editing, maybe. And nah. that, and that's only because of the space aspect, and that's me being nice to the movie. I think. No, I don't think. I don't know. It probably won't. Like, Maybe. let's be honest. It probably won't. But I would get nominated for anything else. But if it had to, those are the only two I'd give it. Okay. Um. But yeah, overall, like, I think it's worth a watch. If you have Netflix, watch the movie. I would say cinematography would be one of the ones that I really. Give. Yeah. I don't know how much cinematography there was in this movie. I feel like there was. I don't think there was anything innovative, and there was not a single shot that I went, oh, damn. You I, just mentioned one where it was like blurry and kind of clear. I didn't mention that. Yeah, no, didn't you? Mm. Didn't you just mention something like that? No. No? Okay, never mind then. I mean, I mentioned that the Dolby the, the Dolby Vision or whatever, that the quality is good, but like that's no, just No, no, earlier, technical. before that. There no, was like no, a scene so. where like someone's looking into the to a room, and then that dude... Man, I might be getting Alzheimer's. No. <laughs> uh, but, oh, well. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I give this movie a 7. Hmm, that's maybe 6.5. I'll give it a 5.1, maybe. Maybe yeah. a 5. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It wasn't that great. It was just A-OK. It was a letdown. I, I, the trailer makes it seem better than it actually is. I never watched it, so that's a whole other that's thing. That's good. <laughs> that that's the one thing i did go into the movie completely blind so maybe that's why i was kind of excited about the movie yeah like i was watching it in this room and i was like oh damn this is kind of good yeah this is interesting i didn't know this was a space movie <laughs> and like the title is never said but it is it is alluded to during yeah. the movie and i think that was kind of cool you know you- what uh there's a movie that on netflix that they do say the title and it's the trial of chicago seven Boom. Which is the next movie we're going to be talking about. 
And I'm glad that you decided to do that. I wanted to talk about Mank at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. And uh, if you guys don't know who Aaron Sorkin is, uh, he is like extremely gra- famous. We're just talking about granddaddies. Uh, he's the granddaddy of like writing movies. I'll say that. Yeah, no, he's he's, gran- a, he's the granddaddy of screenwriting essentially. Yeah, and uh, he's written a lot of movies. I like, mean, he's done a lot of stuff. He's also known for like a few TV shows, most popularly being The West Wing. Uh-huh. You know, and he did write The Social Network, which is a David Fincher film. Yeah. Um, he writes books. He wrote he? A Few Good Men, man. Oh, that's right. I did just that's see like that. That's like one of his most famous ones. And and that movie's fantastic. Yeah, Moneyball. Which is apparently being remade into a TV movie, uh, A Few Good Men, by the way. A Few Good Men? Yeah. Well, oh, well. I just saw it right now. Oh, it's a movie we were just talking about off off podcast. Oh, yeah. He wrote The American President. Oh, wow. <laughs> and we're actually interested in watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, like... But anyways, Aaron Sorkin aside, the cast was did a really good job. Okay, this cast is star-studded, mm-hmm. and I feel like everyone had a moment yeah. in this movie. Like, usually, we've talked about this, where, like, movies are like, oh, let's put this person in, let's put this yeah. person in, and then they all walk over each other and the movie sucks. Yeah. This movie, like, damn, egos were checked at the door because everyone just nailed it. Okay, mm-hmm. did you like the movie? Yes. Okay, because I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I, I am a huge history nerd, <laughs> and I, like, every, especially because this is a, a 1960s event, like, I am already all about it, mm-hmm. and because of the importance of what happened yeah i came in like super jazzed already and yeah. i'm so glad that it didn't let me down you know it's funny i was wondering that too because last time a few podcasts ago you mentioned that you weren't really into that air or not that not that you weren't into it is that you weren't that informed about that certain era because I, fr- I forgot to ask you a question about the black panthers or something oh yes that's and you're like part. you know like, what i really don't really know that much about it and that's why i was like i wonder if I was the whole time I was watching. I'm like, I wonder if George knew a lot about this, I did. or if if you were, if this is one of your like blind spots because it, it did involve kind of like the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. But if this was one of your blind spots of like history, where you're like, you know what, this one's kind of fuzzy for me. All I know is that it did happen, and I know like this, this, and this. No, like I knew, I knew most of the events. I didn't know like extreme details because yeah. like obviously like one of the things I didn't know was how much of a douche the freaking uh judge was oh yeah like did you look it up like yeah i looked it up like was a little i looked it up so the guy who's playing frank langella who did a great job God, man he's so good he did a great job of being a crappy (laughs) judge that you just kind of like a crappy person yeah just a crappy person you're like dude like it's like if you it's like when you're talking to a teacher and like you know they hate you and like I mean, not saying that I ever did, but uh, like you talk to, you tell a teacher like, oh, uh, can I turn it in tomorrow? And they go, it was due yesterday. It's like, oh, I know, but I just, I, I really couldn't finish it. I had a lot of homework. It was due yesterday. And you're like, are you kidding me? That's how this judge was. Yeah. Like that feeling of like, <laughs> are you, like literally like, and you gave that other person, it's like that other person had a really good reason. What? You don't. Like, wait, where are you coming up with these lies? Yeah. Yeah. Where are you, no, where are you coming up with these reasons? Like, yeah. <laughs> Like but, the, the yeah. scene where he just keeps telling him, I'm like, you're right next to him. Be his freaking attorney. Yeah. I'm just yelling at the screen, just being like, shut up. You know how this <laughs> ch- this works. Okay, so when you the looked at... system, there we go. So when you looked him up, or when you looked at the real judge, the, yes. the guy, was a little part of you thinking, hoping, like, man, I hope this dude lost his job. 
I I was worse. <laughs> I could be. I'm a very. <laughs> I'm very much an ass. I was like, I hope he died a very terrible death. <laughs> and unfortunately, he did not die at a very terrible death. No, he he died, died of old age or something. Yeah, pretty much. He got to like <laughs> age eighty, I think, or yeah. something like that. Such a terrible person. I, I hated this guy so much. But like, shout out right to freaking Franklin Gilla because like, I've seen him in so many movies. Yeah. Yeah. And usually I like him. He can kind of be a dick. Yeah. But, like, he's still, like, redeemable. But in this movie, not a redeeming ounce of anything that I cared about. Yeah, dude. Like, it was so well done. Um, When it comes to the history aspect, yeah, like, I knew most of the stuff that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, the whole scene with about Fred Hampton getting murdered. I knew about that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Like, I I knew it was going to happen or whatever. It caught, like, Danielle and Evil off, like by watching what? it what no. yeah like they're like what the heck but it was messed up like the movie is really well done and the story itself is really well done yeah like it i feel like this movie did a really good job and i hope that it it affects people the same way that it kind of affected me mm-hmm. in the sense that like as soon as the movie was over i went to look up the case because yeah. you know a lot of movies that are based on true stories yeah. with co- air quotes like true events um they never like are really that on par with what actually happened mm. and this one did a decent and well enough job like if you're teaching us history i think you could show this and get away with it yeah like you it is a little subject to bias mm-hmm. a little bit but it does tell a very uh it does shine a light on certain people like in the right way in the yeah. right colors right um and like like the whole thing with uh, Bobby Seal, mm-hmm. that I remember, I I that's one of the main things I wanted to look up. I'm like, was it really that intense? And it was, like, it really was. Mm-hmm. They literally didn't have to move to a mistrial. Yep. And the main reason being probably, I mean, I'm not say, not not anything for Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh, character's mm-hmm. name, but I'm pretty sure he did feel bad about it. Oh, 100%. But he also thought we're gonna lose this case if I if I leave him in this uh, like sitting there with gagged and roped like or chained down yes like dude i'm losing yes. the, i'm gonna lose the case like this is the yes. and then they, the other guy was like what what are you doing yeah i'm like bro and any even, any legal advice would be like dude <laughs> he says this trial he, he <laughs> says it in the movie yeah he throws a line like i'm not gonna lose this case like yeah. that, that'll make us lose this case like yeah. the, ju- the the jury's gonna be sympathetic towards yeah. him now like it'll oh, be- the other guy says that yeah uh, Mark Rylands. And, it, and it's just like, like, this is one of the things about the movie that is so well done. It like, it's people trying to do their job. Yeah. When they know that their job is terrible mm-hmm. and unfair. And like, everyone acts so well. Yeah. Like, one of the first things that Danielle says at the end of the movie was like, man, this movie really made me see uh, Sasha Bar- Baron Cohen in a different light. Oh, because like, yeah. he's like, she's like, man, like he is a hell of an actor. Because like, yeah. she's only seeing the craziness of Borat and yeah. like all those other stuff. And and like watching this movie, I was like, man, like I've always known that he's extremely literate and yeah. that he is well spoken. And it just sucks that he never gets those kinds of roles yeah. because of what he's done. But at the same time, like I think he enjoys doing those other roles. Like he feels yeah. like a bit of uh, I don't know what to call Th- it. This role really spoke to the like. There's a line in there, like, spoiler alert already, but there's a line where he's talking to Tom Hayden and he's saying, like, you think what you're doing is, like, so above me or whatever? But right. we're the same guy. Like, mm-hmm. we're literally we're working for the same thing. And I think Sacha Baron Cohen, 
the actor sees himself and his quote-unquote activism Mm -hmm. in the same way yeah and like there's a lot of people who are like him who kind of or see his type of activism and see like yeah like that's the way to do it right i mean steve-o is another one where like he'll do random crazy acts for you know speaking out against whatever yeah yeah and And you're right like his type of activism is it's like pointing out the hypocrisy of people yeah and his character was also pointing out the hypocrisy of people throughout the movie yeah and and it's so like as serious and as much of a drama this movie is like you you guys should just watch it solely based on the jokes yeah because the jokes are freaking amazing this movie is funny it should a couple like uh, what happened? I said it squeaked a couple of them. Like they were pretty good. I was like, oh wow, that was pretty good. Like they're, they're I think, <laughs> I think one of the ones that I laughed at was uh, when the lawyer was saying like, um, oh no no no, it was freaking. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Is Sasha Baron Cohen's like friend, and he's like, why is there nobody in that jury that looks like me? Yeah, he's like, everybody raise their hand if you ever <laughs> attended jury duty. Yeah, well there you go. Yeah, <laughs> and like. <laughs> And it's very it's very Aaron Sorkin in a way because yeah. like that's the kind of humor that he does like he does that kind of like he squeaks serious. it in just kind of like like okay like someone like this question comes up it's like I can either answer it truthfully or make a joke and right he does he does that a lot I I thoroughly enjoyed this movie there was like so many good like scenes oh I love the the timeline of the movie like the way that it's like telling the story of the trial mm-hmm. but at the same time it's telling it through what happened in the past and what actually happened and then also through Sasha Baron character's char- Sasha Baron Cohen's Cohen. character telling it on stage as a joke like oh yeah like it was a really good way of like showing the intricate storytelling of this event because mm-hmm. like obviously like the event took place like the the DNC only took place in like 2 days a day and like all this nonsense happened and the trial itself took almost 170 days to finish. It's so ridiculous. Did you know that Rennie Davis not only wrote U.S. soldiers' oh. names on his notebook, but uh-huh. he also wrote, like, Vietnamese soldiers? Um, I didn't know that, and I wish they had t- mentioned that. That's that's pretty. Some- that's something they should have mentioned in the movie. Um, I think it was to be more patriotic, I guess. I, guess. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know sure. what, why he uh, changed it, but yeah. It's just, you know... They're washing the idea of what he could have done. Like, they should have just been up straight and honest. Like, mm-hmm. like so many good characters in this movie. Like, everyone was... Like, I can't I can't speak enough to the acting in the movie. Because it was just so freaking well done. And the writing was incredible. Um, the visuals were really good. Like, the scene where the cops start taking off their, um, their badges and their mm-hmm. name tags... Like, I thought that was really well done. Like, it was thrown in in the beginning of the film, and then you see it come around full circle at the so, end. So, obviously, they got the cast that they did because, I mean, the cast is perfect, right? Yeah. But if I were to recast it, and let's say Bobby Seal's character was changed with Will Smith, mm. do you think it would have been a bigger improvement? Or do you think because Will Smith is in this kind of, like, history-driven... Well, not history driven. Like this kind of serious film where it's like you, it's people that you kind of l- make learn making people learn about this thing. Yes. At the same time, mm-hmm. and having Will Smith there, do you think that would like shift people's focus, or do you think he would just like like emulate him so well that you 
fucking don't even notice. I th- I think I know where you're going with it. Like I understand your question. Um, I think that it's tough to say because it's not tough to say. Mm-hmm. I think having Will Smith is a distraction because when one, I don't think Will Smith would ever take the role mm-hmm. because it's too much of a small part, and he would probably want to do a movie that's all dedicated to Bobby Seal, which yeah. I think should happen. I mean, I'm sure they've already done one, but like it should happen again. Yeah. Um. And I think having him there would take people out of the movie because Bobby Seale's character is an important factor to the trial, an important factor to the movie, that if you put someone too famous on there, it'll distract from what is actually happening on the screen. Like, Will yeah. Smith would have knocked it out of the park, like, yeah. hands down. But I think I think it just would have been... It would have been awkward. I'd be like, I don't believe that that's Bobby Seale. I believe that that's Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and or do you think he would have cheesed it up a little bit? Like, kind of like... I hope not. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's, there's no cheese should be involved in this movie. Like, you think, like, Aaron Sorkin would show up like, Hey, uh, Will, you know, kind of, you know, pull back a little bit. Like, come on, like, a little less mustard on that one, uh, huh? No. <laughs> He's all like... I'm going to, I'm Will Smith. That, no, I don't think that's what he's saying. I don't think he's <laughs> That's how he starts every sentence. Well, I'm Will Smith. It's like, oh, that's going to be two two ninety nine for that drink. I'm Will Smith. Like, what? And here's the money. <laughs> yeah, here's the money. He just pays. <laughs> it's like not even talking to the third person. That's just him saying his name at the beginning of every sentence. Every sentence, mind you. Not every yeah. time he starts speaking. <laughs> yeah. I'm Will Smith. I got to pick up my kids from school. Like... <laughs> The movie in general, I think, I, I, it's just, I think it makes it even a joke, right? Because I feel, ironically speaking, not ironically speaking, I don't know why I said that. That's dumb. What I'm trying to say is, these three movies are more likely than not contenders to be nominated for something oh, yeah. during the award ceremonies, right? And they make a joke about the Academy Awards in the movie. They do? Yeah. Uh, the two, so it's a trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah. Right? The two people that aren't really supposed to even be there who, like, have only, like, two lines in the movie or three lines, and they're even wondering what the heck are we even doing here, which is uh, John Froines and Lee Weiner. Yeah. Uh, or Yeah, Weiner or Weiner. I can't think of his name. Uh, or I can't read his name. But they mention, they're like, this is like the Academy Awards of protesters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky to even just be here. <laughs> oh, okay, so... I just looked up one of the actors. I was, cause I'm really interested in these guys. Yeah, Jeremy Strong. Do you know who he is? Sounds familiar. He comes out in uh, the Big Short. He's the he's a big tough guy <clears> in the <throat> in that one thing with uh, Michael from The Office. I forgot his name. Oh, okay. Uh, Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. He also comes out in Succession. I've been watching Succession a lot. Oh, of, okay. I'm really yes. In, I know this dude. So it's actually a really good show. But anyways, I know everyone said it was amazing. I. I was looking him up, and one of the main things that comes up about him mm. is that he asked to be tear gassed and actually beaten by uh, by uh, by on the ground by the ex cop portraying a riot police officer. Really? Yeah. Like there was a guy who was pretending to be the riot police officer, uh-huh. but he was an ex cop. He's like, "Oh, uh, I want to get tear gassed and thrown like for the movie." Damn. And Aaron Sorkin was like, "Nah, buddy." <laughs> he's like that is too much of an, an insurance bill because he's such a method actor oh he's the <clears throat> no i looked him up i know he's oh shoot i looked him up i know who you're talking about he, he like totally fell into the role like he does not look like he does in the in like any other thing no he does not like the movie was just 
Oh, man, the movie was just so good. It was a strong movie. Like, it, you're going to need to light a cigarette afterwards or something. Yeah, it's I'm, a heavy. Yeah, it's a heavy movie. Um, but you'll, it's, the thing is that you kind of enjoy it. Oh, it's yeah. It's kind of like, it's history. It's like one of those things like, you can't change history. So it's like, if they do something or say something, you're, you're like, you're like, yeah, that happened. Like, there's there's no nonfiction. There's no like, and they're like, what? That didn't happen. And you ended up like, I knew it. They were lying. Like, it's not Fargo where you, right. <laughs> where in the beginning it says these events happen. These are based on true events. Blah blah. And then you find you look it up and you're like, what? This really happened? How come I didn't hear? And you find out and you're like, oh, they were lying. It was like, yeah, that's part of the story. I'm like. That's fucking bull crap. Like, no, this really happened, and this is something that like you can look back up, and you're like, and then honestly, I like watching these kinds of movies because like it's not, it's yeah, it's like really dramatic and it's really sad. Yes, but at the same time, it's cool to like look back or like after the movie's done, it's like, oh, let me, let me look about, it. let me look it up. Maybe even makes you want to be like, oh, maybe I can. There's, there's a book about it, and like I'll, I'll be able to read more about it. Yeah, and there is. There's plenty of books. There's yeah. plenty of like documentaries and movies. They've made movies about it too. Like this isn't the first one they've done about it. Oh, I know. I, it's I know the first but, one that's on Netflix. <laughs> right, it's just the first one that's on Netflix and easily achievable. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. Like it, like just alone. One of the reasons I looked up to see something was how much they had to spend time in jail for their the amount of counts of contempt they had. Oh yeah, they. <laughs> but so it was overturned, right? They were overturned down the road, but like <laughs> they were uh, the. Custler, Custler, I can never, I can't pronounce his name, but the lawyer. Yeah. He had forty nine counts of contempt, and it was worth of four years in jail. Jesus. Alone on counts of contempt. So when they went through the appeal process, like they ended up going like, okay, they erased some of them, but the other ones were like, those were real contempts, like you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But we're not having you serve time. Yeah. And, like, they did that to everybody. Like, all the contempts were just, like, pretty much wiped away. And you're like, you don't have to spend time in jail. That dude is crazy. And he even tells you at the end, like, the dude was psycho. And they stopped giving him cases because he was just so intense. Yeah, they stopped giving him, like, real big cases, right? He was a district judge. So yeah. he would just get, like, parking tickets or something. Yeah, so they just moved him away to do to do other stuff. And funnily yeah. enough, like, my one of my favorite parts of the movie is when the savior comes out. And um, our Dark Knight, fucking Michael Keaton comes out. Oh, Because, right. damn, talk about knocking it out of the damn park. That dude was amazing in this role. Like, five minutes of gold. Like, solid, <laughs> incredible <laughs> acting. I was just like, I wish I just had a whole movie on this dude. Yeah. that Man. There's so many good parts of this movie. I don't want to talk too much about it because I want to encourage people to watch it. I mean, we're just talking about what we enjoyed, I think. I, okay, one criticism. Okay. About the movie. Ooh, yes, yes. Okay. I've been saying about how great Aaron Sorkin did. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did anything special with the directing, in my opinion. I think, mm-hmm. visually speaking, it looks cool, but I think anybody, any director could have done it. Right. And like I mentioned, like I like how the time jumps are in the movie. Yeah. I would have changed him as a director. I wouldn't have had Aaron Sorkin directed it, and you know who I would have had? Adam McKay. Because this is totally up Adam McKay's like wheelhouse of movies to direct. Like okay. it's, it's his style. Yeah. Like he did the Big Short, and he Talladega did Talladega Nights. <laughs> yeah. Step Brothers. Yes, and he did the Big Short, which <laughs> is the one I'm trying to mention, Joey. And he also did uh, the, uh, the VP one. What's his fucking name? The Dick Cheney movie. 
Oh, uh, Cheney, isn't it Cheney? It might be Cheney. I don't know what it was called anymore. But like, he also did that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think those, that's totally him. Like that, 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 this movie is him. They should have just gotten him to do it. And I think even like Vice, Vice, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you got it. Thank you. Vice was bothering me. Uh, but like, I think he could have made the script even better if he had his ability. Like, I'm not asking like in big short, he used celebrities to tell what was going on on the screen. Yeah. And then he breaks the fourth wall a bunch. I'm not asking him to do those things, but I think the moments where like Sasha Baron Cohen is telling this joke on stage would have been better. I think he could have inlaid yeah. better and done maybe better editing so that the movie itself flows and seems seamless. And I think I think he would have been awesome for this movie. And it is kind of a disappointing one. I think about what Adam McKay could have done for this movie. Okay, so I do agree with you there. I think Aaron Sorkin, as far as directing goes, he kind of relied on what he did for A Few Good Men. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar to that. Yeah. The directing style is very similar to that. Agreed. You know, shot of the the what's it called the attorney or, mm-hmm. or the lawyer and then shot back at the witness shot back at the and then every now and everything's then, on uh, a tripod yeah everything's on a tripod and then another maybe another shot to the judge right and um and then maybe like the council and like all, all these other people right right and it's not very uh imaginative I'll, I'll give you that it's not like when they do a time jump like they don't really do anything special there's not much to do in 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 terms of writing i feel mm-hmm. and i think that's why he kind of wrote it that way it's like right is because they allude to a lot of different things and they bring them up but they never really show them to you mm-hmm. and then until late as the as the movie go, go movie goes on you're like oh that's what that's the thing that we were talking about right and if you have a short attention span this is not the movie for you nope <laughs> they they they're gonna name drop or uh, talk about events that you're going to be like, what the heck? I don't remember that. And mm-hmm. then like, oh, we're going to bring it up later. It's right. just, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a very specific type of movie that will only work if you're really into the movie. It's not mm-hmm. really going to bring anybody in. And as far as the acting goes, everyone did really well. But I feel like those actors worked with, uh, I think I've said this so many times already, but they worked, uh, they, they worked, Really well with very little. Mm. What do I usually say? It's something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they they gave a lot with very little. Mm-hmm. So like the acting, like they did really well, and but like the writing might have been like, uh, what's the line from the movie? Like, oh, uh, you don't, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, like take that line. Like, right. Take that line. On on paper, yeah. it literally says, "You can't handle the truth!" Exclamation point. Yeah. Probably like very loudly. Yeah. But like Jack Nicholson is the one that delivers it. I'm not crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he he like Jack Nicholson being Jack Nicholson delivers the crap out well, of the line. I think he was acting to Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Like, it's like, what do you want? What do you want to hear? He's like, I want the truth. Yeah. You can handle the truth. Right. Yeah. And and, like, and that's probably that's kind of what you're arguing is that like these actors didn't have much on paper, but they nailed it with what they did yeah. have. I, I would like to see like like what the script would say. You know how you've seen those videos? Oh, yeah. Like, I would like because I hear that Aaron Sorkin does a really good job with with that. Or or okay. he's the type of writer who's on set. Uh I I was listening to uh, another podcast. <laughs> With 
where he he was uh, on there and he like uh, I think it was Rob Lowe. Mm, okay. About oh the, yeah, I've been wanting the, to listen to that podcast. So he, they're talking about the West Wing, mm-hmm. and Aaron Sorkin was there. Like whenever, like he was just writer, but he was there for like shots and stuff right, like that. Yeah. And he he's was very hands on. He's very hands on. He'd be like, "Oh, it's this, you know, and this emotion, and you're feeling this, you know, blah blah mm-hmm. blah." And I think directing actors is one of his fortes ah okay so he's like hey uh so literally i just say this and it's like yeah but okay so in this part of the movie you're gonna be like blah blah blah, blah. so it's kind of like the actors working with very little but at the same time they're being directed in a way where they're as a cool like together like he's good Cohesive. with an ensemble yeah. with an ensemble so it really worked really well but i feel like because he was working with the ensemble and he was doing all this, mm-hmm. he didn't really have time to like actually direct or do anything innovative with the camera work. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I mean that's fair to say. I, I, I... he's not like uh, Inurato. Inurato, very hands on with the cameras, very hands on mm-hmm. with the setting, blah blah blah. And then every now and then he'll go talk to the actor. He's like, hey man, so uh, you know, do you think? No. I'm I hired you because I wanted you. Yeah, yeah. Now do your goddamn thing. And and I agree. Like the movie in general, I, I can't speak enough to the movie. And I think I talk about coming out at the perfect time. Yeah. Uh, like considering our, our everything going on. Yeah. And I think that's obviously a poignant thing about the movie. Is like look at what's going on in current social aspects, and then look at what's ha- happening mm-hmm. forty years ago in those social aspects, and tell me that there's not a difference. Like it's obviously very on the nose about it. And I think that's fair, and I think that's one of the reasons why it probably did get made, and lucky that it came out around the height of everything that was going on with the mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter movement. So, I appreciate the movie. I think it was great. Awesome. Uh, definitely should watch it. I'm going to be honest. I give it an 8.7, maybe a 9, but, and I take, little Before, bit, uh, I take a little bit down for, for it because it's not innovative in a lot of different ways, but I enjoyed the movie. Before I give my... Yes. Uh, ruling. No, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Before I give my score, I get you a gavel. Yeah, I know. Uh, do you want to know like some of the stuff that was like, n- like, not detailed or like that was different from real life? Yeah, sure. Tell me. Okay. So number one, the one that people pointed out the most is David Dillinger, uh, the bald guy, mm-hmm. the older guy, a committed pacifist, never hit a court officer or anyone during the trial. Oh, so that, that was fake? Yeah. It did seem a little bit out of character. I won't He lie. remained peaceful throughout the whole thing. Yeah, not surprising. Uh, oh, I guess even when a marshal struck one of Dillinger's children, I guess that, like, uh, one of them hit one of his children, he still remained. What? Yeah. How the heck do you stay calm? Uh, I don't have kids, but that would just set me over the edge. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, and it was Dillinger, not Time Hayden, who attempted to read out loud in a court in court a list of people who had died in Vietnam, but right. he was immediately held in contempt and not allowed to finish. The implication that Hayden was the one who did this or that it brought about the end of the trial is incorrect. Yeah, well, that's the ironic thing is that they all actually were able to make statements. Yeah. And, and Dillinger's statement, like I read it and I was like, dang, son. That was an amazing statement. I was going to read it on the podcast, but I was like, maybe this is not the time. This is not the place for it. But if you have a chance, go to Wikipedia, look up the trial of the Chicago 7, read D- Dillinger's fucking, uh, it's like a paragraph, but yeah. it is, wow, fantastic writing, man. And then uh, Judge Hoffman's appa- uh, appalling treatment of uh, Bobby Seale. So pretty much the, how the judge treated Bobby Seale. Right. Uh, it's true. 
But if anything, it was worse than what was depicted. Yeah. Uh, in the yeah, I guess in the real trial, he Seal was gagged and chained as shown. But uh, but the film implies that it only happened once for a short time, and that did not happen. Yeah, was, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, he was first bound in October 29, 1969, and it was that way every day until his trial was like claimed a mistrial in November fifth. 1969 so he literally spent one two three four five six seven eight, eight days something like that maybe, <sighs> maybe a whole week like that jesus chain again i can't i can't even that scene was really powerful <laughs> I, it really just it made me so angry and i was so pissed dude. i was so pissed throughout the movie but like they do a good job at telling you at showing you things and making you realize like mm. this is wrong you know it's wrong you should probably try to do something about this yeah and so they say that Fred Hampton's uh, murder was the reason for Seal's outburst, but he was murdered bef- uh, after Seal was already called, like, it was already called as a mistrial. Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of mixed it in. Yeah, I figured, like, when it happened, I was like, ah, I wasn't sure of when it happened. I knew it happened. Yeah. But I was like, once it was going in that direction, I was like, oh, so they're going to do it right now. Yeah. And then um, the undercover agent, Daphne O'Connor. Uh-huh. Uh, not real. Damn, that was a really was funny ma- part. Ma- of the made movie. for a dramatic effect, but yeah, I was like, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was a good ad. Good <laughs> job, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, but yeah, so okay, I I'm gonna give this movie just a solid eight. Damn, that's probably one of the highest ranked movies so far. I don't know what you gave of Collateral, but that was probably the second highest so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, solid eight. Okay. I mean, hey, man, we're closer on those things. Like, that's saying something. Remember that scale, guys? I said, like, you got to add two to it. So that's a 10. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd give it a 10. That's kind of going a little bit. All right. Far, and as much as I love Trial of the Chicago 7, I absolutely loved Mank. Really? I I love the crap out of Mank. I think it's a 9.5 of a movie. Whoa. I think it was, it was incredible. After one watch, yeah. I think it was incredible. I okay. thought everything about it was fantastic. <laughs> okay. There was very little stuff that I hated about the movie. Oh. But I think it was just a really damn good movie. I have biases. Obviously, I love David Fincher. Yeah, me too. But I, it's up there in my David Fincher movies. Yeah. I, I personally, some, I, I half kind of want to say that I think I like this movie better than Fight Club. Wow. Okay. And maybe that's just because I've seen Fight Club so many times. Yeah. And Fight Club is way more rewatchable than Mank is. Yeah. Mank is like you watch it once and then like five years from now, rewatch it and you're like, still a damn great movie. Mm. But Fight Club, you can watch it like every year and be happy with it, I think. Okay. Well. All right. That was a bucket. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know if I had the same effect. No? I, lo- I, I love the movie, but... I feel like the movie was kind of, uh, it was very... You're wrong. <laughs> I know, yeah. It was just like not in my wheelhouse of like movies that I'm like, and you know what? It made me really want to watch Citizen Kane, which I did. Right, which is something that I, I wanted to do as well, but I just didn't have time. Yeah, I ended up watching uh, uh, Citizen Kane and I was like, huh, interesting. What'd, what'd you think? Of Citizen Kane? Yes. 
Nah, I'll let you watch it. No, 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 just tell me. No. It, your, your opinion matters nothing to me. It, it, it changes <gasps> nothing for me. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Because you can tell me Citizen Kane was a six, and I'll go watch it, and I'll be like, this movie was amazing. I don't know what Joey's talking about. Okay, I won't give it a score, because mm-hmm. it, uh, it's not fair, I feel. But I will tell you this. You'll be like, eh. Yeah, I figured. I, I figured that would be the case. I, the, a movie that has that much hype cannot be that good. Cannot. Mm. It's just, uh, and it, it, it reminded me a lot of Mank. Like oh, the, okay. to, to the, a lot of the stuff that happens in Mank is like allusion to Citizen Kane. So if you remember Citizen Kane, it is like watching something su- like almost, not, not shot for shot, but like, it's like, oh, like. I think that that's a that's a reference to this and the, and not in watching Mank and then watching Citizen Kane, I'm like, whoa, like there's a lot of similarities here. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and um, I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. It was really one of those things where like the writing was so much better than the movie, in my opinion. Oh, the writing of Mank. Yeah, I feel. Well, that's fair. I mean, that's that's a hundred percent fair. The, and that's the why content I don't, was so good. As much as I love the movie, and I say that it's a nine point five. Yeah. Again, I think that's me being. That's my generous side. I think the yeah. lowest I'll go is maybe a nine. Um, I love the movie because of what it it does cinematography cinematography speaking. Yeah. Right. Like one of the things that I really found incredible about roma when it came out was that it was in black and white yeah and they and it was in in a foreign language and they just went for it and they didn't care yeah and i think they did it again here netflix has like netflix i think has been really smart about who they allow and who they give them enough money to to make their movies giving money to david fincher to do his passion project which did you did you read into the story at all what oh about how this movie was made and everything like that no no did you see who wrote it Oh, his dad. Yeah. Jack Fincher wrote it. Yeah. He wrote it in the 1990s. Oof. Yeah. He wrote it in the 90s. And it never, like, him and David Fincher, oh, he wrote it at the same time that Fincher directed Aliens 3. Wow. Which we were talking about on the episode with T. So, yeah. shout out T. What's up? <laughs> if you're listening. Um, but he wrote it at that time. And after that happened, like we, like I said in the last podcast, like he was done with movies and didn't want to touch them, but he wanted to make this one. Yeah. And he kept making other movies that were amazing, but no one wanted to touch this movie. Yeah. And his dad passed away and Fincher like kind of let it go. Yeah. But then Netflix gave him to him and was like, hey, we want you to direct a movie. What movie do you want to direct? And he's like, actually, this one. I want to get it done. And it, was, and it wasn't like, I want to get it done for my dad. He yeah. was just like, I want to get it done because I think it's a good story. Yeah. And... He went all in because his idea of the, of the movie wasn't even about telling the story about Mank. I feel like him, it was like, it was it was a technical achievement for him. He was like, yeah. I want to be challenged and see if I can, if I can trick people into thinking that you put uh, Citizen Kane and then Mank right next to each other, and you'll be like, oh, I didn't know Mank came out at the same time that Citizen Kane came out. Yeah, because the stuff I was reading about how the production design team worked on making the colors look right for the black and white film was insane like i swear to god if these people don't get a shout out for cinematography for production design for costume design for hair and makeup like that's so unfair like people do not understand this movie yeah because they had to figure out different styles of brown to make the shades correct 
they had a because they back in the day like a lot of the times when you look at old movies mm -hmm. the reason they're so vibrant is because they're using like really harsh violets and like really loud blues so like when you walked on a set it was super like over the top looks like color vomit but in this movie they didn't want to do that because they were going to be on set for so long talking yeah. for so long so they wanted to go with more muted tones so the uh, production design had to figure out what sort of colors would look good in black and white and i was just like oh my god like when i was reading this i was like i almost feel bad for these people because of the amount of swatches of color they must have looked at <laughs> it's been insane it's like a freaking it was like the shining with stanley kubrick the other thing that i think was really well done is like other than it looking really good is the sound like mm. i mentioned that midnight sky would probably get nominated for it but i think this one would win i don't see why it doesn't win in the movies that have come out in the past year that i've watched at least because yeah. sound editing and sound mixing wise this sounds like a movie out of the 40s it does not sound like a movie that is now they made yeah, it that's how the that's how they recorded it yeah they made yeah. it they they when they were recording it they released it in mono so they pared down all the stereo volumes and they turned it into one single track of mono and that's why it has that weird echoey sound throughout the entirety like when mm -hmm. i was watching it on um on the sound system that i have like it was jarring of how it sounded like it sounded like i i know i said that it sounds like on a movie theater but this one sounded like an empty echoey movie theater yeah and when I watch old John Wayne movies or when I watch old uh, Western movies, it had the exact same crackling sound that like those movies had. And I'm just yeah, I'm just so impressed by the sound design team. Yeah. By how well they were able to do this. Yeah. And then they uh, there's a lot of allusion to monkeys and animals, different types of animals. Yeah, of course. Uh, and that's what I meant about like how the writing was kind of really advanced. Like, I feel like I would rather read this than like. Yeah. No, when you brought that point up, that's a really good point. And, um, cause I mean, I don't know. I feel like there, I feel like I, I was just waiting for, uh, Gary Oldman to interact with another actor, like the whole movie, mm. like he, he was playing this character very well. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like when are you going to talk to somebody else, you know? And, mm -hmm. and it does happen. Like it, it, it literally just sets it up for that. Mm -hmm. A lot of the parts. And, uh it's and the very ending too is very good um where he has his big old outburst which yeah. is kind of like in the uh kind of almost in the poster like what he does right and um it he i think this movie is just like one of those movies where it's like it's really good but there's a if in the wrong hands it could have gone really bad oh yeah i mean i think i think if it had been directed by anybody else it would have been a boring movie yeah um like we talked about how david fincher doesn't like doing he likes to do a lot of takes so he uses cgi a lot of times and i mentioned that when i first watched the trailer like yeah. when she kicks the water it's cgi water yeah because he doesn't like the way if it doesn't come out right he's gonna ask this girl to do it 50 times Amanda yeah. Seafried. and and i think it works for this movie like they talk about the lighting and the smoke as yeah. being fake as well like when they're on that, uh, and that's mainly the part where he first gets to. I think he's. I think it's a Hearst Castle, and he. They're filming that western with what's her face on the top of the of the like pyre. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the smoke that's being made by the horses is fake. Yeah. The light that they're using to point at people is fake. Like CGI. It's not real. Like everything mm -hmm. was turned off, and it's it's very impressive because when you look at it, you're like, oh shit, that's not real. And did you see the uh, cameo 
that was the big cameo which one what are we talking about i don't know about the scientific guy that's in this oh yeah bill nye yeah <laughs> dude that was awesome i also like that bill nye of all people in any movie that he would ever play would play upton sinclair yeah like come on like that it kind of fits <laughs> and it works well yeah he had like five lines but yeah. i mean hey he's in a movie that might win the academy award for best picture that's cool i i i enjoyed the movie i thought it dealt with alcoholism really well um it sucks so here's my complaint because i know i'm like going all in about how great this movie mm-hmm. is like the shitty part about this movie is the trailer is misleading and the stories that were coming out of it before the movie was released are very misleading i remember when i talked about this podcast and if you watched that trailer, like, I thought this movie was about a battle between Mankiewicz and Orson Welles of fighting for credit on uh, on Citizen Kane. Yeah. And that's, like, five minutes at the end of the movie. Yeah. And I'm is. just like, why, what? I It takes away from what I wanted and expected. And I know I read a few reviews and people were saying, like, this is bullcrap, like... I went in thinking I was getting this, and then I said I got like an in detail bi- autobiography about like William Hurst and, yeah. <laughs> and Manx's relationship. And it doesn't take anything away from the movie. I think acting wise, the movie's dope. Um, Gary Oldman, the freaking chameleon. I he, I noticed it this time. Is that what makes him cool and so good about being in a role is that he becomes absorbed in the role, mm-hmm. and that I don't even unless I look really hard. I forget that it's Gary Oldman and yeah. I think it's just some random actor. Yeah. And that goes to the idea that you were talking about with Will Smith and playing Bobby Seale. Like you play Will Smith in anything. I'll be like, that's Will Smith. Yeah. But Gary Oldman, like he's so like, he must have like the ego of a pea <laughs> because like he doesn't care. He's like, put me in 20 pounds of makeup to play Winston Churchill. Yeah. Like make me fat in this one to change my face. Do whatever you need to do to make me look like Mankiewicz. Like, yeah. I don't care. Um, but yeah, like, the movie was so great. I liken this movie to... Uh, what's it called? Damn. Um, La La Land. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. Because, because when La La Land came out, it was a love story to Hollywood in the 80s, would you say? Mm, 60s? What, this movie? No, La La Land. When you say, like, when you think La La Land, where does it belong in, like, Hollywood lore? Because it's, like, the 60s with the big musical numbers, right? Or no. 80s? It's modern day. Okay, yes, it's a modern day movie, Joey. Yeah. But I'm saying that it it reminds them of old Hollywood, remember? Oh. So, yeah, I guess, like, it would be the 60s. It's like, 60s, 80s, like, musicals no, kinds would, of things? Yeah, I wouldn't say the 80s, but 60s for sure. Well, 60s, 70s. Well, yeah, and, like, like the big numbers and everything. And this is just kind of another love letter to the 1930s and 1940s of what was going on at that yeah. time. And and it was well done. Like, I mentioned production design. Like, it looks really well done. It's not as good as um, freaking, what's Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time Hollywood. That, yeah. that production design was just absurd. Yeah. But this one does okay. Um I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was really well written. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, like it, I think it'll win for original screenplay probably. Yeah, I definitely do think it will win for that. Uh, I think everyone did a good job in it. I'd give it like a, pers- for personal sake, I'd say 8.5. Mm. Wow, I, that's still pretty high. No, yeah, it's really high. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but 
I've given like Devin Ch- films like a nine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Gone Girl is one of those. Yeah, like, nine point five actually. That's a fucking insane movie. Yeah. Watch that movie too. Um, <laughs> it's jarring but, to watch. So this movie. after this movie, did you know that David Fincher said that he's gonna make for the next four years he's gonna make movies with Netflix? Oh no, I didn't hear that. Nope. You know, I'm not. Do you think Netflix is just really cool to work with? Hmm. What do you mean, like, for, uh, as far as as far as movies or TV shows? Movies, because TV shows, like, I think uh, actually they're split into two divisions. Yeah, no. Um, Th- there, there's a there's five divisions. I don't know. Com- comedy, like, like hour specials, and then there's the movie movies. I think there's uh the animated now too, because they have F is for Family and uh, no, not F is for Family, is it the one with Bill Burr? Oh, and they have another one. Uh, b- the big Greek- mouth, big mouth. Oh, big mouth, and BoJack Horseman, and BoJack. Horseman. And they also have. Uh, <laughs> oh damn, the they Greek have Gods an animated one. division. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then there's also uh, live action TV, and then there's docu series. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Or documentaries. Well, what I'm saying, what my question was is like, Do because I think- we see so many big name directors jumping on board with Netflix. Do you think that they're easy to work with? Because of this reason, like at least the movie department is easier to work with, because we now we've had we have had we in this podcast alone we have George Clooney, Aaron Sorkin, yeah, David Fincher, yeah, and then we also had uh, damn what's his uh, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt, Scorsese, Scorsese, uh, Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, uh, he takes care of the comedies, and, yeah, and uh, like let's see. all of these people are like staying with like they're sticking with Netflix. There, you just said David Fincher's doing four years with them. Like, do you think that they must just? They're just like, go for it. I think because they give an outlet to more um, kind of risky uh, movies. Oh, okay. Because I mean, if you notice, like these were all kind of risky. All those movies you kind of mentioned that we just mentioned, or, or the Midnight Sky, kind of a risky venture. Yep. Uh, if George Clooney did in fact want to make it, or if like he was just like, oh, like I'm giving this one to Netflix, but the next one like is mine, is mine, and same thing with David Fincher. I mean, I think he's done his part in like he did Mindhunters and yep. he did uh, which wasn't even his show by the way, House House of Cards, right? Um, which and, was and, his show, yeah. <laughs> and then both those shows are taking off, right? Right. Like people binge those. And now Netflix is like, all right, man, you want to make a movie? You can make a movie. He's like, you can make a movie for the next four years. And I'm thinking that I think net, the way Netflix works is just such a easy format. I think that's why most uh, actors or, or um, what's it called? Uh, movie producers or um, like Brad Pitt, he's a movie producer. He's mm-hmm. making, he made that war movie, War Machine Uh yeah, it's the Don Cheeto War Machine movie. No, it's oh, then a, I guess I don't care. He has white hair. He's in the army. Uh, uh, man, I don't know what you want to talk about. Wow. Okay. Well. Anyways, so there's this movie called War Machine on Netflix, and it was made by Brad Pitt's company. Anyways, they're all working through Netflix, and I think it's because it's a it's a format that people know. And this is just my opinion yeah, on course. it. Uh, like I don't really know. I'm not. I don't have a deal with Netflix or nothing. Right. Um. But. I think it's because of the way the format is like, hey, man, like, because I know for, like, a comedy special, they were like, like, hey, man, you did really good. Like, can you do an hour and a half? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, all right, cool. We'll set up four recording days, four cities of your choice. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
and give us the best or give us the best one. Some comedians who aren't as popular, it's like, yeah, we'll give you one. Uh, we looked over your tapes and uh, mm-hmm. we'll give you two cities and mm-hmm. you got to pick one or the other. Like out of the two that you filmed. I mean, that's fair, I guess. Yeah. And then, but so that's kind of where it's like, it like, okay, I'm, I'm getting the, it, it's a format that people can easily understand. And like, if they, sometimes they don't take them out, they don't put them out. Mm. They'll get it and they're like, I'm sorry, man. Like, it's, it, we looked it over, talked it over. Not it's worth just, it. It's not worth it. And it's like, and then the person's just like, fuck, well, I just fucked up. Anyways, mm. same thing with like this. It's like, hey, you know, show us what you got. Let, let me see the, the movie. Like, and then Adam Sandler does Ridiculous Six. And it's like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Adam <laughs> Sandler does random movies. <laughs> and then they're just like, we're going to release it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I think Adam Sandler, I think he, I, the way they're doing it is like we'll sign you and then we'll we'll produce all all your next you know projects for the next four years, which for David Fincher could just be two movies. I mean, true. I I mean that's a really good point. Like <laughs> he takes his time to deciding what he wants to write about. Same and, thing with Scorsese. He yeah. does really long movies. For I mean, let's say they it's like, yeah. yeah we have a deal with Scorsese for six years. That's two movies, maybe third, maybe a third one. Right. I I think he's only done back to back movies like once. And it's it, and I feel like okay, the way that you're describing the format almost kind of reminds me of of like almost like a safeish way of doing uh indies. Because like mm-hmm. stories that no one no other studio wants to touch because they're like I don't want to invest all this money in. Yeah. Netflix like I got all this much money, you want to make an art film? I don't Let know they have it. a lot of money, dude. Dude, I think they do. They didn't they file for bankruptcy like oh, Netflix? Like, yeah, like no way, school? Jose. Yeah, no man. I'll look it up, but go ahead. Dude. Yeah, like I think it almost feels like it's kind of like an indie-ish movie. Like, who would have given the money to what's his face to do Roma? Like nobody really would have done that. Scorsese was trying to make freaking Irishman for years, almost like a decade, and no one wanted to do it. And the same thing with David Fincher. He's been trying to do this since, like, what, the late 90s? And he never got anybody to do it. But Netflix is like, all right, here we go. This is what you got, man. Like, make a great movie. If you make it, we'll release it. And we'll try to get it into the Oscars and all that stuff. And, I mean, I think it's going to work. Like, whatever Netflix is doing right now, I think they should keep doing it. On top of all their movies, their TV shows are amazing. I wanted to shout out uh, the TV show called Hollywood, which also kind of takes it around the same place as this movie does. And I think you guys should watch it. I think it's a great show, especially if you like the behind-the-scenes stuff of movies and how things get made. Great movie to watch. A great show to watch. It's direct. It's the show creator is Ryan Murphy. So if you watched any of his shows, it's a Ryan Murphy freaking joint, and it is great. <laughs> uh, no singing. Okay. So there's that. So they are in debt. Oh, okay. So the company is still ten billion to fifteen billion dollars in debt. And this was Ow. in January 19th, 2021. Damn. But they're saying that they've gotten enough revenue to pay back some loans. Wow. So, but it's It was still $10 billion, you're telling me? 10 to $15 billion. Why doesn't people just give billion. me like $1 million? Huh? Like if, if these companies can get $15 billion in debt, I'm just asking for a million. <laughs> and Joey will make a movie and it'll be great. <laughs> I don't know about that. You don't what think so? What are we about? I don't know, man. We, if we had to make an indie movie. Right now? Yeah, right now. I can't come up with a story on the spot, homie. That's not, not how it works. Because no one's paying time. me a million dollars. That's true. <laughs> Let me see the cash and then so I'll So you're saying it. if someone were to offer you a million dollars, you'd be able to come up with a story right on the spot. 
No, but I have stories in my back pocket that I think we could do. And I'm mm. sure you got stories that you've thought of that we could do. No. Really? No, I just always come up with my shit. Like, see, I think the problem that. with... <laughs> the only thing I can think of, the only problem I see is like, I don't know if I could do a movie because I think most of my stuff would probably work better as a show. Keep in mind, you're only getting a million. You're not getting like a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah I know. You can't get any big name actors. No, I'm not planning on it. Oh, wow. There's, there's so many good actors out there that just, you just have to look, yeah, I think. I guess so. Like, like, like Clerks. Okay. Right? Not a single big known actor is in that movie, yet it's pretty well acted across the board. Mm-hmm. And I can name a hundred other indie films that are freaking fantastic and none of them had big named actors, but because of that thing, they became big named. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard. Like, it's just a matter of taking time and looking for it. I think that's the hardest part of making a movie is having enough time and having a good enough idea that'll work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, but until then, we're just gonna have to rely on this podcast to hopefully make <laughs> <laughs> make some money. Yeah. I mean, hey, you guys want to support us? Support us. Who yeah. knows? Maybe we can. Maybe if if everyone was to show this yeah. podcast to their friends and family, and we got enough money, yeah, and you guys want it, we could make a movie. If we yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'll make a ten minute movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, thirty minute movie. That's like, <laughs> like hard, but not terribly yeah. hard. Yeah, well, uh, we, got, we got friends. We got yeah. T. T will help us out. Yeah, well, we got we got a camera. We got. I mean, I mean, we got microphones. I, I got yeah. We but can make, we can oh, make a movie. I got some handcuffs. Wait, what kind of movie are we making? <laughs> Come on, son. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening today. Hope you guys liked this uh, episode. Uh, we'll be back next week as usual. Um, but for now. Remember, we are watching Groundhog Day movies. The three that we have decided are Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat, whichever one you want to go and look for. Uh, we're watching Source Code, and then we're watching Palm Springs. It's on Hulu, so it's an easy access for that one. Definitely watch Palm Springs. I don't know if Joey's seen it yet, but great movie. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about it next week. Who knows? We might even have a guest next week. Ooh, okay. I'm down for that. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Go watch the movies.